at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is your host for the New Heights Show on Education, Charlotte McGuire. Welcome to our Thankful Thursday broadcast. And as always, I encourage you to give thanks, especially for our children. Uh, The mission of the New Heights Educational Group Incorporated supports literacy for our children, adults, by offering a range of educational support services. Such services include assisting families in the selection of schools, organization of educational activities, and acquisition of much-needed materials. We promote a healthy learning environment and enrichment programs for families of preschool, school-age children, including children with special needs. Each week, this show explores a new topic on Common Core. Our goal is to share truth and dispel myths about Common Core so families can come together in knowledge, action, and voices for education. It is important that you know as much about Common Core state standards and what it means for your children so you can make an informed choice about your children's education. Today's show will explore or talk about ACT and OPT-OUT. ACT is an acronym that stands for Against Common Tests and OPT-OUT. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Now let's get to the topic for today. ACT, again, that's an acronym against common tests and opt-out. I want to commend parents that are learning more about Common Core, that are seeking information on options to opt their children out of Common Core standards. But before we get into our latest discussion, I want to read 
a quote from one of our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson. He said, and I quote, say whether peace is best preserved by giving energy to the government or information to the people. This last is the most certain and the most legitimate engine of government. Educate and inform the whole mass of the people. Enable them to see that it is in their interest to preserve peace and order, and they will preserve them. And it requires no high degree of education to convince them of this. They are the only sure reliance for the preservation of our liberty. And parents, you are so important to the preservation of your liberty to educate your children based on options and opportunities that you deem are important. I want to bring to you the latest from an article from the Washington Post. As a matter of fact, this is just out. Why the movement to opt out of Common Core tests is a big deal. And it is a big deal because you're hurting those who are called money changers. Uh, the movement among U.S. parents to refuse to allow your children to take Common Core aligned standardized tests has been growing in a number of states across the country. As recent answer sheet posts have chronicled, the opt-out numbers have grown. So, too, has reaction from officials who argue that frequent testing is valuable and that school districts could lose federal funds if too many students refuse to take the test. And this is a threat. They're trying to in, use intimidation with parents about opting out, and it is based on sh shaky grounds. And according to this article by Valerie Strauss, though testing supporters have attempted to minimize the importance and impact of the opt-out movement, it is a big impact as explained by the following award-winning New York principal. This principal of Rockville Centra, New York, was named New York's 2013 High School Principal of the Year by the School Administrators Association of New York and the National Association of Secondary School Principals. In 2010, she was selected as the 2010 New York State Outstanding Educator by the School Administrators Association of New York. She has written several books, numerous articles, and many posts on this blog about the seriously botched implementation of school reform in her state, including the Common Core Standards and the implementation of high-stakes core-aligned exam, and about the misuse and abuse of high-stakes standardized tests. Guess what, everyone? She recently announced that she had decided to retire early and devote her life to advocate for public education in new ways. In the, this same article, Arthur Carol Burris said, New York opt-out is reverberating around the nation. The pushback against the Common Core exams caught fans of high-stake testing 
off guard with estimates that New York's test refusal now exceeds over $200,000, 200,000 students, uh, pardon me. And there are also reports that student opt-outs were suppressed by administrators in some districts across the country who called in non-English-speaking parents and pressured them to rescind their opt-out letters. Parent activist Jeanette Duderman states that she was contracted by a dozen of New York City teachers who were horrified by the scare tactics being used on parents in their schools to coerce them into participating in this year's assessment. Language barriers and the absence of a social media presence resulted in a lack of knowledge about their rights to refuse the test. Now that sounds like exploitation and marginalization of a group of people, and especially our parents. Teachers there reported that administrators exploited this language and information barrier, telling parents that their children would not be promoted if they refused or that they simply had no right to refuse. This is considered blatant discrimination at its best. So what we see here is this whole ideal that's Schools will lose federal funds if the children don't take mandated tests. Is it truth or myth? According to a New York, a Washington Post author, Monty Neal, the test resistance and reform movement is shaking up supporters of the test and punish status quo who is fighting back. Keep it up, parents. Keep opting your children out. Defenders of excessive and high-stake testing rely on two major arguments. Frequent testing is good for children and school, and too many refusals will lead to a loss of federal funds for the student's district. The first claim is increasingly ineffective. Growing numbers of parents recognize that standardized exams overkill does not improve educational quality or equity. On the contrary, school into incessant test prep mode and emotionally damages many children. Each week, more and more parents choose to protect their children and schools by refusing the test. They don't buy the argument that small reduction in testing volume will solve the problem. Instead, they demand a fundamental overhaul of federal, state, and district policies. If there is to be an overhaul, it should be done with the local school districts. Every state should look at their own reform methods and include parents as key partners in the process. With the testing is good for you argument failing, authorities are turning to threats and bullying, often using claims that schools will lose their, get this, no child left behind Title I fund. That threat is not based on any legal language in the No Child Left Behind or in waivers states have received to avoid sanctions under the federal law. 
Now, I want you to listen to a radio clip, and I want to applaud the parents in Ohio. Our governor, Kasich, recently signed House Bill 7 uh, to offset the threat to parents that your children will not be promoted if to the next grade if they didn't take the test or that they will not receive the necessary training if they didn't take the test. Listen to what Heidi Huber has to say. She is one of our state capital experts on Common Core, and this is what Heidi is saying about Common Core in in a radio interview. She wants to give us an update on things going on in Columbus and some good news. Heidi, welcome back. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you on the program this morning. Good morning, Brian. And you're talking about House Bill 7, which Kasich signed the other day, and that is uh, that that takes uh, well the park test, the um, Common Core park tests. It prevents those tests from well being used in any way, shape, or form uh, it, 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 against our students. Well, it's it's for the 14-15 school year. The testing that has taken place related to park and air. Air, air is air is the uh, American Institute of Research. They are the testing organization for the social studies and the science tests okay. that are not in every, at every grade level, but they are taking place at, as well as the end of course exams in high school. Right. So the 14-15 park and air assessment scores cannot be used for the purposes of retention, course credit, or in, in any punitive manner whatsoever for the entire time of a child's academic career. All right. And just so people get the, the framework for this, the concern which led to HB7 was what specifically? The main uh, driver behind this was in House Bill 487 that was being deliberated this time last year that became effective in September. It continued the protection, what was called safe harbor, that was the legislative language from 2012, that was provided to districts. It was extended um, or permissible for a district then in 487 to extend that same thing to a memorandum of understanding to their teachers. Right. Um, onto their contracts. Uh, so the teachers wouldn't be assessed based on these kids' scores. The teachers. The value-added measures resulting from the park um, testing would not be a part of. They would be protected from that for this particular school year. Okay. So it, it was limited, but there was protection provided. Basically, you know, they're showing their hand that they know that the system that um, is compromised enough that they don't want to be judged on it is basically what Columbus was acknowledging. Um, what I've been crying since last June is, did someone forget about the child, um, that this system is so compromised that we're going to give at least a year's protection and safe harbor to adults? Where did anyone consider the children or was the – since there's no lobbyists at the table, is that why the child was never thought of? Um, and that's what House Bill 7 resulted from. And the reason House Bill 7 was able to be the first bill to hit Governor Kasich's desk without one dissenting vote is because the parents rose up and started opting out and saying, we've had enough. We have been talking about this. We have asked. We have pleaded with Columbus. We've shown up in the hundreds, and you are still ignoring us. So regardless of whether it's going to hurt our district, if it's going to hurt our teacher, we are opting our child out because our first responsibility is to protect our child. No and that's what drove this bill through the through the General Assembly and off of his desk. All right. Now let's uh, take a break because, Heidi, when we come back, I want to see if this suggests. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, 
fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. So as you can see, parents, you are being heard at the state level. You need to protect your children. You need to understand that raising and developing your children based on their inherent endowment, capacity, giftings, and talents, you will take in responsibility knowing that all our children are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, rights that cannot be taken from them. And those rights are to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And education is a key to that. And as Heidi pointed out, you know, when a teacher or administrator threatens you with great retention, uh, losing a course credit, remind them of House Bill 7. And to summarize House Bill 7, it established no scores from the 2014-2015 test may be used for purposes of retention, graduation, or course credit. The high school end of course exams can be taken at any time prior to graduation should they be needed. State scholarship voucher students would not lose program eligibility due to non-participation in state testing for the 2014-2015 school year. Districts would not be penalized in their enrollment counts for opt-out students. So don't let them try to tell you, oh, your school district is going to lose all this money and we won't be able to do what we want to do for our children. It is a myth. And so what we are urging parents to do is keep opting out. According um, to a recent report by fairtest.com, in states that do not have waivers, few, if any, schools reported 100% of students scoring proficiency. The No Child Left Behind's current requirement of making end-of-year results available, since that means almost all schools face sanction, it hardly matters if fewer than 95% of the students take the exam. Now, they will tell you that 95% of the students must take the exam. That's the threshold for maintaining federal support. In states that do not have waivers, few, if any, schools report 100% of their students scoring proficiency. Fair Test is not aware of a single school that lost federal Title I funds due to low test-taking rates, including many in New York that had of opt-outs last year. However, officials in a number of states still aggressively attacked the opt-out movement, claiming that refusing to take the test put federal aid at risk. Absolutely not true. Recently, you should know 
the United States Department of Education joined the battle by suggesting there is a danger of funding loss and threatening states, districts, and schools. The Department of Education's statements appear deliberately misleading. They confound the law's requirement that states administer a testing system that covers all children with the non-existent requirement that all children take the test. They imply that a state that allows opting out is at risk of violating no child left behind. Remember, they have waivers for that, even though seven states, Utah, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Oregon, Washington, and California already have such provision, and none has lost a penny in federal funds due to the provision. So the opt-out movement is helping parents, and we need you to continue uh, researching Common Core. Remember, the science standards are out and they're supposed to be for public review. Ask your schools about them. And for our listeners uh, to the New Heights Show on Education, we have posted on the New Heights Educational Group website, opting out of Common Core Park forms. Check it out. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. At One Day University... We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly Scholar Newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.